are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. This is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is... Wayne David Randolph. Wayne David Randolph? Yeah. How are you today? Honestly? Sure. Uh, of course I want you to be honest with me, Wayne. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm all right. Huh. Yeah. That's it. Well, shucks. <laughs> Sorry. I'm doing, I'm doing super. Praise the Lord. You, you look it. You have a, a huge grin on your face. It's because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm, you're filled with his joy. Yep. And I guess if you're not filled with his joy, I mean, maybe we should just pray for you to see if we could fix you. Yeah. It's kind of jacked up when your Bible teacher doesn't have joy. <laughs> <laughs> what am I teaching my kids? Hey, everyone. Today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the narratives that we live into, um, particularly the ones about happiness. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that if you've been in the Christian culture long enough, um, you are familiar with some of the default responses that you're supposed to have um, when people ask you how you're doing. Um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, there's actually, I, when I think back to a lot of my Christian experience, none, none of those phrases actually like felt natural to me for a really long time. And I almost like started saying them through the back door because I started saying them sarcastically. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I got used to them and now they're part of my vernacular and like, I kind of it's mean so them now rad. when I say them. And you also perpetuate it cause you're someone who people watch Probably. and listen to ideally. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Praise um, the Lord, bro. Yeah, hallelujah. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, God. Um, so um, when it comes to being a teacher at a Christian school, being man, I, I feel like Christian school is, um, in my experience, Christian school is actually a little bit better than our friends at church um, hmm. in regards to authenticity. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. maybe maybe it's just because we have... Um, maybe three extra days a week. Yeah, I was just going to say we have more time. So yeah, cause it takes a lot of energy to, yeah. to fake it till you make it. Right. If, to, yeah. If you're seeing people five <laughs> days a week, there's going to be a day when your makeup's not on. Uh, yeah. Eventually we're going to come around the corner and we're going to lock eyes and my smile's not going to be on my face. Right. And you're going to ask me what's wrong. And I won't have my eyeshadow on. Again. Again. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I'm in a weird mood, Chris. We might need some disclaimers. And, on this and that, well, and that's kind of to the point, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Is um, there's sort of a, a prevailing understanding, and and I won't say a rule or a, assumption, even because I don't think it's on the surface. Hmm. But there's this understanding that I, I think a lot of us in Christian culture carry around that we are to have ourselves put together at least to a certain extent. Right. And I think that that's why, like in, in some of the modern Christian movements, there has been this emphasis on authenticity and doubt, um, sort of like trying to break this everything's okay, everything's fine type mentality. Um, but even if we pay lip service to authenticity, we pay lip service to being real with right. each other. And right. I can talk about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then when push comes to shove, if you ask me how I'm doing, and I'm mm. like, um, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm sad today for no apparent reason. Like that's, it's like an awkward, um, social experiment when you do that, Chris. Yeah. And, um, 
I know, and I think you know as well, because I think lately we've both kind of been in a weird, in our own kind of ruts, maybe. Sure. Um, and so it's interesting that you just brought that up. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that ahead of time. But yeah. um, I have intentionally, when people have asked me lately, I have intentionally um, tried to be um, healthy, honest. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to v- vomit on somebody. Right. But in terms of, like... I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how, what I'm, how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to, I think part of it is as a teacher, like I'm wanting to maybe model that or exemplify yeah. that. Like it's, it's okay to like not know how you're feeling sure. as opposed to just saying fine. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Right. That whole, that whole mm-hmm. thing. But it's really interesting. The last couple of weeks I've noticed it and um, I've had some interesting responses, huh. especially from um, people who know, Maybe our public persona, they do know yeah. that, like, um, like in, in the world of Strengths Finder, if any of our listeners know know the the Gallup organization, Strength Finder, I I seem to have positivity strength kind of off the charts usually, right? Um, and I think to the point where like a lot of people around me lean on that, including myself, sure. and I kind of lean on my own positivity. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, the people who really, I think, lean on it more so when they get that response from me lately, it's almost as if they don't know what to do either. Right. It's really interesting, Chris. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it does expose um, this idea that we, we, we maybe, maybe there are areas of intimacy within the Christian culture that like, we don't, like we don't know how to be intimate like with each mm. other there. Yeah. Like we can be intimate with God and we, we sing about that and right. we're all gushy and mushy over that kind of stuff. But yep. being just raw and honest before one another is, um, yeah. Unless it's like really good stuff, right? Unless right. it's like really like good, deep, but like a Jesus moment. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I think, um, <laughs> we talked about this during, the burnout episode, but talking about how one of the the default responses of modern Americans is not fine anymore or good anymore, but rather busy. Um, but mm, both of those are, are sort of yeah, tired, busy. <laughs> I say that one a lot too. How are you? Tired. Yeah, and that and those seem to be within the social script, right? Those are if you want because to, we're all tired, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to tell you, but no, that's it. Yeah. And and if we are the reason we're saying. Um, I think the reason that it becomes uncomfortable, if our default response is tired or busy, um, what that means is when someone says that they're not okay, um, Mm. or that they're not doing well, well, we don't have the energy for it Mm. to respond and we are too busy to Mm. pause and have a conversation that lasts longer than a couple of seconds. Right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that whenever we, we have authenticity talks in, in Christian community, the, I feel like there's a tendency to knee jerk away from um, ever answering that you're good. Or maybe mm. that's just me, the Pharisee in me that's like, oh, I'm going to replace the previous rule with a new rule that's on the mm. other side of the right, spectrum, right, which right. Um, I think C.S. Lewis in his screw tape letters t- talks about how that is one of the tacts of, mm. of the demons is mm. um, if he can't get you to go further into one sin, he'll send you the opposite direction mm. um, and get you to dive into its opposite, which is also sin. Crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and so what, what I'm not saying, um, I don't think Wayne's <laughs> saying this either, is we're not saying, so go around everybody at your workplace and tell everyone how miserable you are. I'm having a horrible day. My boss looked at me wrong. Yeah. My, yeah, it's, that's, yeah. Kind of, that's why I preface it, hopefully, by saying... Um, 
healthy, honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think healthy, honest, one of the main ingredients is, is reading the question. Mm. Um, I think that in, <laughs> I love that you're saying that. Yeah, yeah. That's in the, in the script. I think that there, there is. is a, the scripted interaction when a person says, hi, how are you? Um, it, the, that's not what is there. Like in the no. same way that with students, we have to see the question behind the question right. with our social interactions. We need to see the question behind the question and say, you don't actually want to know how I'm doing. <laughs> you want to initiate conversation. You, you're saying hi. Right. You're, you're really saying hi. Let's right. be honest. Right. Greetings. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I was just thinking how often I get people like we ask that or people ask it of us and we actually don't respond. Like think about like, um, transactions at like, uh, cash out registers and yeah. stuff, right? Um, we actually don't respond usually with good. We just say, how are you back? Right. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? Like we don't even answer. We, we, we look at each other and ask each other questions. Right. And what we mean is hi. Yes. <laughs> and, That's I amazing. Mean, in uh, in uh, Ethiopia, the, the greeting is denana. Denana. Um, and you respond with dena, which dena. I was like, that's, that's interesting because the what's really going on there? And then I realized when people would try to greet me in English, they wouldn't say, hi, how are you? Cause that's very English. Mm -hmm. They would just translate their greeting, which is, are you fine? Are you fine? And then your answer is fine. Right. You good. Yeah. Good. Good. Exactly. <laughs> you good. It's like, todo bien. Todo bien. <laughs> yeah. yeah right? Is everything okay? Yeah. Sure. Um, and so I think, yeah, understanding, like if it's just a social interaction where they're not interested in you, there's no previous relationship, um, and you're not being super tactical or having yeah. a teacher moment trying to model authenticity, <laughs> then, like don't feel this burden that you have to always say exactly how you feel. And I'm not saying be fake either, but know what the question is. Yeah. Know what we're asked. actually saying. I think it's interesting too, that you're bringing that up. So, so we have a society set aside this Jesus thing. We have a yeah. society that just talks that way. And then you, you, that infiltrates into our Christian culture. Right? right. And so then we add kind of the Jesus and that joy thing that you were talking about in the beginning yeah. of, um, so now when we say, hi, how are you? There is almost this weird expectation that you respond with some sort of, Oh man, I'm going to sound really cynical, kind of Christian hallmark. Yeah. Everything's, What's the Lego song? Lego Everything song. is awesome. You didn't see that movie, did you? I didn't. I heard it's good though. It's cute. Um, but yeah, like like so we're just supposed to kind of respond like everything's great. Right. Everything's awesome. And yep. you know, I I think that I don't know. I don't know if this is where we want to go with this, but you know, just on a side note there, um I just wonder Chris, the amount of coffee mugs with these really joyful little verses and um you know, t-shirts and I mean, just a lot of the maybe kind of Jesus junk stuff that we, that mm. we consume. I wonder how much of that perpetuates, um, some of this kind of like, everything's hunky dory. Everything's great. Right. You know, praise, praise, you know, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, like, man, you just put that on your coffee mug and everything's right. going to go. And, and it's yeah, on our coffee mug because we're masking our depression with stimulants. <laughs> with stimulants. Yeah. But I, so I, I do just wonder, you know, you know, from a sociological perspective, almost like we just kind of created a weird culture where, yeah. where it's hard to, it's hard to talk about when, right. when things are rough. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think, we get that a lot with our students. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think even in, in defense of the Christian culture, um, I will, I will Thank rarely you. assemble yeah. that, que that sentence and <laughs> aim it at another person. Um, but in defense of the Christian culture, 
it sort of makes sense. If I think about our first episode on Shalom, mm-hmm. like if the goal of God and his followers is to restore everything into right relationship and have proper relationship with God, self, creation, and others, mm-hmm. then then yeah, absolutely. The expectation or maybe not expectation, um, as we learned from our friend, Nate, that can be a dangerous word, yeah. but good but, job, Dr. Nate. Yeah. Dr. Nate. Um, but hope like at least should be that we are moving towards Shalom, right? Totally. And I, I'm, I'm glad that you said that cause I was going to get ready to, to jump and kind of pounce and say, yeah. Um, you know, the, the verse reminds us the verse, Scripture yes. <laughs> often reminds us that it's 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 the hope though, right? The right. hope as Christians, we we should be the most optimistic, hopeful people, um, but that doesn't always necessarily imply immediate joy right now. Like, right. Yeah, I have hope in the future. Sure, um, there's stuff going on in my family right now. There's there's yeah. stuff going on in, in the world right now, and, and even implicit, and I have hope. <laughs> implicit, yeah, implicit in hope is the fact that something is currently broken. That's right. You don't, if, if things are perfect, you don't hope. Yeah. There's nothing to hope for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, 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 we suffer, we hurt, um, we mourn, we, yeah. we, our hearts break with other people as they're going through stuff. I mean, look at the natural disasters going on right now. Like that, that's not heavy on us. You know, right. the people are parents, you know, people that, who have similar positions you and I do are, are trying to figure out what to do to feed their kids right now or where to sleep. And, you know, if that doesn't break our hearts, I mean, I'm not trying to get all depressed, but like this idea, you know, that somehow because of where we're going and and because of the hope, and I I have hope, man, but, but that doesn't always translate. It doesn't always translate as, 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 as joy. In fact, for often, like right now it, it it translates into this kind of like uneasy angst Hmm. of with that hope of like how long. And it's more, it's more this kind of like, I know. I'm not doubting. Right. I'm not doubting the end. It, it's more the like, how long, dude? Yeah. How long, oh Lord, will you turn your face <laughs> from me? Yeah. How long yeah. do we have to wait? All this crap's going on around us. Yeah. The evil people are winning, yeah. <laughs> right? Or, or I'm trying to do good, but it seems like bad things are happening. How long right. are we going to wait? And so I, that doesn't sound like joy. Right. But even in, in those laments and those psalms, you know, and often it comes to us from David, you know, at the end, he does remember. And I, and I, that's, I, that resonates with me right now, yeah. right? Like he remembers, yeah, but you, God, I trust you. And so, yeah, I trust God, but that doesn't mean I'm always, you know, have a smile on. So yeah. I think when it comes to the classroom, I, I would mm-hmm. guess like, so here, here we are. I mean, it sounds like we're, this is kind of cathartic right. <laughs> a little bit for us, but um, so here we are currently experiencing maybe some of those things. What do we do as adults when kids, um, I think it's back to that first step that we're even talking about with, with, we don't even kind of know how to like greet and be honest with each other from right. the beginning. Um, how, how do we help kids who have maybe received, I'm going to go with that first initial step, um, who've received that message, whether intentional or not, from the Christian culture that yeah. says, put on the face, that says smile, that says fake it till you make it. Right. Um, because the statistics tell us, Chris, that most of our kids are battling, probably over 50% are battling some sort of like onset of depression right. of, you know, not knowing who they are. I mean, there's just, there's so much going on. And then in a Christian culture that potentially tells them they just got to smile. What, what do we do? Right. I think, um, for me, this is actually something that's really hard for me as a teacher because I, um, I am a very goal oriented person. Um, and while I, while I remain open-minded in my pedagogy and I'm like, there's, there's room for authentic learning experiences beyond my objectives and beyond the things that, um, I want to 
create in this class, when I have to deviate from those objectives and when I have to deviate <laughs> from the plan, it takes a lot of energy from yeah, me yeah. Um, because I have a goal and I want to get there. And so when you spend so, all that energy planning, right, I do. I do that a lot. <laughs> it's um, amazing. But one of the, I think for me, um, you probably actually have a lot more after this first step, but I feel like mm. the first step is one that I'm really working on, um, is, is pausing mm. and creating space. Mm. Um, now this doesn't mean that every time a student says I'm not great, that class stops, um, that the sermon stops, that everything stops Mm -hmm. and we spend an hour there. Um, but what it does mean, what I've learned is I, I, I didn't even like learn this. I just realized I started doing this is Mm -hmm. eye contact and silence Mm -hmm. for, and not like an uncomfortable long stare at them silence, but long enough to let them know that their words hit me and I see them. Yeah. That's right. That's really good, Chris. Um, and I think that that is probably where it starts because Mm -hmm. I think that the rejoice in the Lord always, um, the, the immediate comeback is like, well then fix it. Or, um, maybe even with the best of intentions, Hey, is there anything I could do for you? Hmm. What it means is I'm uncomfortable with you being where you are. So let, like, let let me me get you out of there. Let me help you become the person that I need you to be right. Like you were yesterday. Exactly. Um, it's interesting with the, with the pause and the look, Chris, like with our last episode, 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 our episode, (laughs) (laughs) with our last episode with, uh, with, with Dr. Nate, um, that, that connection, you know, that, that idea of, of needing that connection with one another and, um, the parent, the parent child bond, like Mm. what a cool thing to be able to give a kid. I mean, that's a, that's a little gift to give a kid. I can think of a few kids at our school that that would just be huge for them, you know, because they were noticed for a second, you know, just for one second. And I would imagine there's some sort of like, what do you do after that? So that's like in the middle of class, you have that little pause, yeah. And now we're moving on because we have the plans right. and we have tests and, yeah. and, and in the interest of being, where does like that go? Being honest and completely authentic. That's where I usually drop the ball. Cool. Um, because then I'm like, I mean, I'm not cool. Like you're cool that you do that. Yeah. No, I'm very cool. But like cool. Thanks for, for being honest. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like after that, yeah. um, sometimes there's follow up. I, I think that if there is sufficient, um, background with the student, um, and back history, right, then it's right, really, right. then it's easier for me to follow up. But, but the student who's been in my class for a couple of weeks or mm. the one who's been around, but never really says anything that I don't know how to interact with them. It's really easy for me to avoid the situation and assume that it'll be taken care of somewhere else. Um, have you had, have you ever had a student? Cause I feel like that, like I was just saying earlier, like, I feel like that's a gift um, mm. to some of our kids, especially, I mean, the ones who are like really like maybe really feeling alone and depressed, mm. like to to be noticed in the middle of a, a crowded classroom is kind of cool. Mm. Um, have you ever had a, a student come back either that day because of that moment you shared, or maybe like a few weeks later, they, it's like, they kind of remembered that, okay, I had a, I had a connection with, with Mr. Seals. Like I, I, I at the does end that make of, sense? Yeah. At the end of one of my classes today, that happened. Right um, on, and it, right on. like it was all just oriented around me having grace on mm. needing to use the bathroom and missing an announcement or something like that. Mm. And the student responded and like, Hey, thank you for mm. like knowing that my day was bad and giving me that. That's rad. That's um, rad. but, um, <laughs> something, <laughs> something that I see you doing oftentimes, um, is that I always see a student. There's always a student in oh your room, goodness. um, after class in between yeah. classes at yeah. break. Um, and by student, I mean, usually 
I think it's, I think it's kind of funny. Like it's almost like the DMV. Like there's, there's a, usually a student at your desk or where you are. And then there's like a so queue weird, of kids like huddled around another table, like waiting for their turn to like, Chris, I to get their, the my, guru advice. The, the school, <laughs> the school before, before, you know, you and I got to work together, there was a, there was a female teacher who was kind of like my female counterpart. And that was like the joke that. We were like the 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 counselors on the campus, and like no joke, kids like took numbers and we needed to make like appointments. And but yeah, I, I have kids a lot. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So yeah. so naturally, you know this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you're able to. I feel like you're really good at embracing the interruption, um, and even and then still getting back to class, but then returning and following up with that. So yeah. what what does that follow up look like with a student who yeah. has has penetrated that fake yeah. joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, initially there's a, there is a conversation where we actually just kind of address that and whether it's an elephant in the room or not, but just, just kind of, um, Hey, that was hard for you. I'm sure to be able to like say that to me. Hmm. Um, I know sometimes our Christian culture, I know sometimes our school, I know sometimes our church, you kind of fill in the blank. Right. I know sometimes that can, actually be, you know, and it seems counterintuitive, but maybe not a safe place to share those feelings. So it's kind of that affirmation. And I think, I think that's something that, that, uh, we've learned in working with, with mm-hmm. the youths that, uh, you know, just, just, just given that affirmation, the get go. Um, uh, for me, this, the similar goal, uh, like what you do with, with the pause and the eye contact, mm-hmm. um, is, is to let them know that they're heard and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, tried to empathize as much as possible. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons I am quick to embrace these things and enjoy this part of my job a lot, um, is because I've, I've been through hell and, and I remember feeling alone. And, um, so I try to, you know, I try to I empathize as much as possible. Right. Mm. And so it, it starts, it starts with that. And so just reinforcing the relationship and then, um, usually where it goes is just kind of like, like let's, let's chat. Right. Yeah. So what, so what's up? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, probably be wise just to include this here. Um, sometimes you can tell body language or maybe you do know some things about a kid and, or you've heard things. Um, it, it's pretty wise at this point. Um, for those of you out there who are working with, with students, um, if, if you feel like someone's about to drop a bomb on you, sometimes you just don't know. I got, I had actually had one today at lunch and was like, Whoa, did not see that coming from you. Um, but but sometimes you kind of know when someone's got more baggage, and right. I'm I usually will tell my students up front about the idea of being a mandated reporter, right? right? And just say, hey, just, just so you know, you know that I, I have to report these things. But yeah, um, kind of from there we just talk and yeah. and we listen. We listen. Uh, I listen and I share a little bit and, and talk back and forth. And um, more often than not, there is it's a family issue. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so then I have got some questions for them usually like, so what do you, what do you do? It sounds like you're angry or it sounds like you're frustrated. Or it sounds like you're sad or those right. kind of things. And so I always ask like, what do you do with it? So what do you, what do you do with your anger? Mm. Uh, and that was a big one for me. You know, I, I had a lot of anger growing up. That's how I reacted to the yeah. situations. And so my anger kind of took me to some, some places that maybe I, I shouldn't have gone, so to speak. And so, um, you know, out of love, I'm really asking these kids and I'm, and I'm not trying to play therapist. Right. Um, I, I will always, in fact, even today's, in today's talk, I just told them like, Hey, that's pretty heavy. Um, I'd love to 
walk with you yeah. through that, you know, like, thanks for sharing with me, but like, you need a counselor. Like if you came and told me you were sick, um, I'm not the doctor, I'm not right. going to fix your cold or immune system. And you're telling me you might have a, a social or emotional or, you know, something like you need to talk to somebody about that. But, um, so yeah, I think that sometimes people, you know, when they, they hear that we talk about these things with kids, um, it is in a sense like we are kind of doing an intake, like right. we are gathering information so that yep. we can assess, is this above my pay grade? <laughs> right. um, do I need to bring in like another another teacher with me? Yeah. Um, so, sometimes, you know, um, especially in Bible, um, it seems like uh, if you're in ninth or 10th grade um, and you're a girl, it's okay to like Bible. But if you're a boy, usually not. Right. And so more often than not, we will have female students coming to it because of Bible class, right? So right. It's a different different kind of class. They'll come and want to talk to us, and that's kind of as we're listening and assessing too. Like, okay, this is cool. I'm glad we can do this. We can maybe meet again, but you know, let's go see Mrs. So and So. You know what I mean? And so, yep. so we're we're man. I feel like I'm I'm kind of rambling and going no. all over the place. But so I, I'm I'm gathering a lot of data. Sure, I'm trying to figure out you know where what is my role in this. Yep. Um, and and I mean that's that. And you have to consider all of that. What's yeah. my legal role? Right. Yep. Where am I? Um, and then I'm always pushing counseling. And then I got I to gotta tell you, the, the one thing, and, and you know, if there are any students who, we have some students who listen, if you are one of the students who's ever sat with me, this, you might roll your eyes right now, but um, I, I'm a really big fan of writing letters. Hmm. More often than not, kids are coming in and they're, they have a wound from yeah. a parent or someone. And um, because they live so closely, they don't know how to kind of talk to each other. Sure. And so... Uh, Amongst all the other advice that's kind of there, whether it's see a counselor and this and that, I, I always ask, you know, what, what would it look like to write a letter or just your parent, you know, whoever that other person is, doesn't have to hear your voice and tone of voice and see body language and um, you can edit it and make yeah. sure that you're not being manipulative, a little right. pest and um, <laughs> your parent or whoever that other person is gets to read that letter on their own time. They don't have to look at you. And then, so, and I always, in fact, with, with the girl today, we were talking and, and she has some wounds with, with her mother and. Um, sounds like mom's real, um, uh, she's been through a lot as well, kind of stubborn. Um, and the thing I told this girl was like, man, you know, I'm a dad, like I've got a soft spot in my heart for my daughter and for my son. Mm. Like there's a part of your mom's heart that is like, you're the only one that has access the way that you do, even though you think everything's so rough and this and that. So if you can write a letter and try to access that part Mm -hmm. and let your mom really hear your heart and. And I basically just told you everything I do. <laughs> you just asked, like, what's the initial thing? No, um, that's, that's good. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, and here, let me, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for the sake of the... Catch my breath. <laughs> take a, <laughs> take a, a sip of water. water. Well, I've only really ever been to a Christian school in general. So just being here, my life, it seemed like, yes, people are... People feel like they have to be Christian and act Christian just because they go here but then in the like the real world they don't really seem to portray the Christian culture that well I think that uh, in the process of becoming a Christian and even being one it kind of rubs off the wrong way for the most part on non-Christians from my perspective um, at a Christian school specifically um, I would say that there are more people who don't really act out um, Christian-wise than you would expect, and it's kind of heartbreaking, actually. Well, like, I've been in a Christian community, like, all my life, and I've sort of realized it just because people want to live up to the expectation of the school. 
So like if you teach like all this like Christian culture, it's kind of like acting what they've taught you. But like when I go to other communities, I can tell like the people who are like go to public school or something, like if they're really Christian, they'll seek out for it. And you can like see the difference, like whether it's fake or real. I think that when we talk about how to deal with youth, um, maybe from our own experiences and just the the particular batch of books that we've read, um, the type of counseling that we've gone to gone through, um, there are a huge set of assumptions that we make. Um, and so, just for the sake of those who may not have read the same books and may not be entering this conversation with the same set of assumptions, um, what is what is, I guess. Why is it our job to mm. just listen to how they feel? Isn't mm. the point of, I don't know, the point of right Christian living just to like to live right and love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and like maybe just like shut up and do your job, mm. right? Like not shut up and do your job, us Bible teachers, <laughs> right, but right, like, right. but if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, like um, the, the rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice, right? It's on coffee mugs and we kind of made fun of it a little earlier, but it's an imperative, right? right. It's a, totally. it's not a man. If you get your heart straight and you're emotionally healthy and you then walk with you God properly, rejoice. then perhaps you should consider rejoicing, mm. but it's like, no rejoice in the Lord always. And we have the apostle Paul who is, you can see I'm like, I'm channeling the inner good. advocates for the other side. Yeah. Um, you have Paul who's been through so much terrible stuff and, right. yeah. and he doesn't, I've been, vent. I've been stoned and shipwrecked and bitten by snakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, and he is saying, Hey, I, I rejoice. Yeah. I've, I've learned to rejoice in everything. And he admonishes others to do the same. And so maybe like, why, why is it so important for us? Like even for my, my first piece of advice yeah. to notice them, to uh -huh. see them, to uh -huh. hear them out, to know where they're coming from. Why, why is that even important? Yeah. Um, or why yeah. is that, why is that even important? Why shouldn't we just start with just jump right in? Yeah. Just like, Hey, suck it up. Let's do this. We yeah. can do it. Hooray. You, you quoted a, a verse from Paul where he says, I learned. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I would say that that's, um, you know, just on a tangent there for a second, man, how many of us in, in, in the, this Christian family, we look at Paul and we're like, dude, if I could just have the, the Damascus road, the bright light, mm. and we read it uh, in such a way that we think he goes and three days later gets his eyesight back and then he's like, he's Paul the Apostle. Mm. Um, but he had to learn. He had to, he had to be humbled and he had to go through a lot. And, right. and even as he was being humbled... And, and learning and teaching, he was still in that process. And so I, I think that that's, there's a key indicator is that it's a process and it's yeah. learned. And so um, that means it needs, if it's learned, it needs to be taught. Right. Um, it needs to be modeled. Yep. And so um, I'm going to throw out another Christian phrase that we use. We talk about this idea that Jesus meets us where we're at. Hmm. Um, um, I think of the, the, the woman at the well. Right. Uh, where Jesus talks to that lady and... Um, you know, my, my pastor actually this weekend just did a phenomenal sermon on it. And he was saying how, man, he just started the conversation by asking for water. Right. It was just this simple question. He didn't jump in. He wasn't like, oh, you Samaritan woman, da, da, da. It was just a conversation. And they go back and forth a little bit and mm. there's some song and dance. But it, like all of a sudden, like it shifts. It's kind of like she gets it. 
And like, she starts asking like deeper questions. Like all of a sudden they're talking about religion and God and well, you Jews say that we have to go over here. And, and, and then eventually it gets to this point where, um, because of that intimacy, because they just spent time, because Jesus looked and paused and noticed her, dude, her, her, um, her testimony story, at least the way that it's recorded in, right. in the gospels is changes the he, town. He, he told, he knew everything about me. Right. Like that's literally the line. And, and she goes and runs to tell everybody, you guys are never going to get this. I met this guy. You got to come see him too. He knew everything about me. Wow. I mean, that, that's her statement, dude. Right. Yep. Like, and it started with Jesus saying like, uh, hey, hook up some water. So that's, I don't know, Chris, that's yep. gorgeous to me. I, I, I mean, you know me, I yeah. have a tendency to kind of romanticize anything and everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I look at that. And so I look at these opportunities. I mean, that's why I even like, like I said, like when you tell me you pause and look at a kid, I mean, if I'm putting myself in their shoes, like that's a gift, dude. Mm. Um, and I think that that, that is embodying this idea that Jesus meets us where, where we're at. Right. And if I we, didn't, yeah, go ahead. if we look at the woman at the well, it's, he meets her where she is. And then that invokes transformation that's it, that's it. right um and i, I think that, so it's such a cool I, I hadn't really heard someone take that spin on that on yeah. that story before too that it was just a, a it's just a topic it is talked about water yep yeah yeah and then it gets elevated and leads the transformation yeah and, and he's think, a good rabbi he's a good teacher he's yeah. picking up on the cues and he's listening okay like you said like he's listening for the question beneath the question and mm-hmm. You, I mean, I, yeah. Right. So, like, there's our model, dude. Jesus. That's and, so. Yeah. My answer is Jesus, Chris. <laughs> That's and, why we stop and pause. Right. And if we, if we are, but even implicit in, in calling Jesus Rabbi is that he's instructing and taking people somewhere. Yeah. And I think that mm. um, we we can fall like we we're as I was alluding to with um, Uncle Screwtape. Yeah. Um, that. I think we can fall into air on both sides of this. Mm. I think on one side we can fall into the air, which like. If for any of you who are familiar with the Enneagram, is probably one of my greatest errors um, as an Enneagram type three. Read about it if you Can want. Can we please do? I, <laughs> Maybe. Just for those of you that even know what that is, that's half the reason I'm in a funk right now. Right. There's there's my story. All right, keep yeah. going, Chris. So anyway, um, and, and it's not like my number doesn't define me or whatever, but like um, through doing some of this Enneagram reading, I've realized that one of my primary tendencies has been to repress the very things that I'm feeling so that I can achieve whatever goal I need to achieve. Um, and so as a result, I just do the work that I need to do and get along. And I, I succeed on a lot of things. Sounds like you need to talk to Dr. Nate. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, but then in doing so, then I, I feel totally, uh, there's a lot of ways in which I'm totally unaccessible to myself. Mm. Asking a question like, what do you want is like a terrifying <laughs> question to me. Cause I'm not even sure what the answer what, to what that is. That yeah, exactly. I don't even know what, how to what answer. You, what do I okay want? It's okay if I want something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so I think you can, um, you can fall into my trap, yeah. right? And that is um, not even fake it till you make it, but like fake it till you become it, mm-hmm. right? You go, you go beyond even just like fooling everybody else, but you, you fake until you become that image that you've projected to was everybody. Was that kind of your rebuttal a few minutes ago too? Yeah, the kind of Right? I mean, so that's kind of that maybe the, kind of, of the voice that you hear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, just, yeah, it just, feels like that's like a good kind of uh, kind of amalgamation of um, like good old American. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Gumption? What's what's? I don't gumption? know. Gumption? Gumption? What is yeah. gumption? 
I think it's like your ability, like stick to itiveness. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. A little bit of Jesus, a little bit of bootstraps. Yeah. And just do it. And so, so that's that makes one, sense. Okay. Yeah. So you can go that route. That's one extreme. <laughs> is don't acknowledge the feelings. Just push through them, repress them long enough, and they'll disappear, and you'll become the thing that you want to become. On the flip side, you have the other side where authenticity is elevated to God status, and Dude, it's authenticity for we've the. We've seen that. It's just authenticity for the sake of authenticity. Yeah. Not authenticity for the sake of sanctification for the sake of holiness, for the sake of growth. It's just, let's all be real with each other. And that's the end. How Chris, I'm I'm going back to like our first chapter together in life, Hmm. uh, which is when the, the emergent church was really coming around. And I, you think about those buzzwords, yeah, authentic community, intentional. Right. And I, and I, I, when I make that sarcastic voice, by the way, I'm I'm talking to me, Um, I use all those languages. I still do, but yeah. And, and, and interesting that that became, yeah, it became our, our new idol. Right. It's not <laughs> it's not authenticity for the sake of greater intimacy with each other and, and God, but rather authenticity for authenticity's mm. sake, realness for realness sake. Um, Can and, I confess and, something really quick, yeah. dude? I am so guilty of talking about transparency, being transparent up to the point. And this, I mean, this is going to sound like deep and twisted. Like I'm the one that actually needs uh, Dr. Nate. <laughs> Let's bring um, but, but being able to hide behind transparency. Mm-hmm. Think about that one for a second. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that just makes me feel like I'm right. twisted. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like if, I mean, <laughs> Dude, if, you, if you release enough information, people think that you're sharing, wow, but you're then you so don't authentic. have to, but you don't have to share the rest. But I'm not going to tell you the rest. Yep. Yeah. Cause I don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Oh, he said um, it out loud. All right. <laughs> so, so, so on, yeah, either, either way, I mean, there, there are extremes where we can go yeah. and jack this thing up. Right. That's <laughs> what we're kind of saying. Right. Yeah. And so I think though, that, that we can't, we can't fall into either of those traps. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing a great disservice if we look past that student who's having a rough day and say, they'll get over it. They just need uh-huh. to get better and work through, like work through it and they'll be fine. Well, yeah, work through it and they'll be, they, they will be fine, but like get over it. Yeah. Get over Man, Chris, you know what I want? I dare people out there who are listening. I I dare you next time someone kind of sends you that message to lovingly look them in the eye and ask them how that works for them. Yeah. Like sincerely. Cause we, I mean, so if it's not working, we got to stop perpetuating that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. (laughs) Sorry. I had to jump in on that one. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so if that's the case, then, then. There, oh man, I was about to say that there's a balance between those two. And mm-hmm. like, there's whenever I use the word balance, I always think of, um, I went to this seminar where Erwin McManus was speaking and someone totally. was like, how do you find the balance between this and that? And he was like, um, there's no such thing as balance in the Christian Were we there world. together? I think we might. It was the yellow conference. D- yes, dude. Yeah, there it is. What if we weren't there together? We were just there. That would be rad. That would be. Anyways. Anyway, yes, I totally remember that, yeah, dude. And, and he said, "There's no the the God that we follow said, take up your cross and be willing to die for me.' That doesn't sound very balanced." Oh. I'm like, "Oh, okay." But anyway, I'm about to make but a that resonates. Statement. Right? But yeah. every time you say balance, now that, that like yeah. his voice, you hear it. I'm yeah. so with you, bro. Yep. Okay, go for it. Make anyway, a balance so, statement. So there's a balance. Sorry, Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> um, or or rather, what if we use the more Hebrew word and say that there's a there's a dynamic tension mm, yeah. that needs to be present between authenticity realness and acknowledgement of where a person truly is, Mm. even yourself acknowledging of where you truly are, but then also an open recognition of the fact that we are trying to walk toward a higher calling toward Mm. a higher goal towards sanctification. And if you're a Wesleyan, then 
total sanctification. And we're, we're heading that direction. That's right. And if we simply are being real or down because, and, and we want to stay there and I'll, I'll be honest, there are times when I get in a funk and I want to be in a funk. Right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there are times when I just need to tell myself, yeah, you've been here long enough. Um, it served its purpose yep. and it's, it's okay to move on. You, you told me that you told yourself that the other day and uh-huh. then telling me that you told yourself that you also <laughs> told me and, and I know we, we talked and you, right. you weren't being a passive aggressive or anything, but it was like, oh yeah, there, there, there is, I think that's a really big thing. We could probably mm. talk a lot about that at some point, like choo- like choosing, choosing the funk versus like navigating the funk. Yep. Right. And, uh, yeah, I was choosing to like be in it for a while because it, it is, yeah, you save energy. Yeah. Not giving a damn. <laughs> Touche. You know, Touché. does that make sense? Yep. Sorry, I said that. What? Not giving? I like you. Um, so so I, and I think that um, if we are going to uh, hear students and encourage them to not be fake, I think what is beautiful is that what we're not doing is saying that, okay, everybody, let's be real and be stuck where we are. But what we're doing is saying, if you want to be sanctified, we have to actually be real with where mm. we are. Right. We can't grow into something if we don't know what we currently are. Um, even even thinking of uh, reading in Richard Rohr's um, Falling Upward, yeah. like we cannot lay ourselves down and take up our cross if we don't even know who ourselves is. Right. If there, we can't lay down our egos if there's if we don't know of our ego. If we didn't realize that he's been steering this thing the whole time. Right. right? Exactly. I mean, it makes me think of the 12 step program, Chris. The very first step is is confessing you have a problem, right? Yep. Um, makes me think of Lauren Hill, yep. and she says, uh, "Knowing my condition is the reason I must yeah. change." Right? Like yep. that's big, and so, and that's why some of these things, like the Enneagram and some of these other things, or even just doing life with other people, so they can kind of speak into you, where they can say, "Hey, we're we're seeing these things," yep. right? Or you're letting someone else show you that those things are there. Well, then I know how I need to be actually praying. Yep. Then I need to know what areas of my life I need to invite the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not to strengthen my my Wesleyan theology or <laughs> you know what I mean right. or, or, or or some other issue. It's it's no, it's those parts of ourselves that we've hidden and and from ourselves. Right. right? We're not even aware that's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> in in growing more self aware and in acknowledging that darkness, um, I think another trap. I think this is maybe the one of the things that like is convicting to me as well is I, I think that I have made the error of assuming that anyone who is chronically happy is fake. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe, uh, not maybe I'm des- I definitely That's can right. lean towards pessimism and I, I can think of, um, students, um, even like past coworkers mm. who they were just always happy. And there mm. was something in me that was like, man, They've really got issues. Are you like staring to like just waiting like to to do that corner thing we were saying, like to come around the corner and like catch them? Ha ha. Yeah. You're sad. (laughs) And maybe not even for like a second of like righteous uh, vindication (laughs) for me to see that they're they're fake. But the sort of like, no, they can't possibly Mm. be real. They can't possibly be like that all the time. Mm. That's not real. Um, They just have repressed all of their feelings and are unwilling to confront them. And so as a result, (laughs) they're just like pushing their way through life with a fake smile on their face. And what... Um, I've realized is that some of those people are real like that. What? Yeah. (laughs) Some, some of those people have that kind of joy. Um, 
and that's okay. Right. And I know that's like a weird thing. Cause I feel like we, in the beginning we talked right. about saying, um, <laughs> no, how, but that's good. That's but, good. But I that's think on that's the flip a good side, tension. Yeah. We need to also express like, and embrace people who do have positivity strength off the charts. And it might just be like that. That's, that's how true. they are. Right. We Chris, don't need, when we, <laughs> we don't need to like get uh, someone who's happy like that. We don't need to get in their face and say, well, your socks were made by slaves. Yeah. Where are you so really? You be happy? Tell me where you're sad. Right? Yeah. Fine. Uh, but they can be themselves. When my wife and I first got married and we're together and, um, legitimately would tell me like she was mad cause I wouldn't get mad at her yeah. in fights. She would, she tripped out that I like, I woke up and went to bed in the same like happy go lucky mood, and um, that generally is. I am one of those who is kind of wired that way, right? Um, yeah. Generally, yeah. Um, but hopefully, I'm also the kind that would say if I'm not, right? I hope that that's the kind of person I am. Yeah, and I think that as coming. as teachers and as ministers and mentors in people's lives, we can not only have the opportunity to see what's going on in others' lives, but we, like you were mentioning earlier, we have an opportunity to model it for yeah. others. We get to model that dynamic tension between acknowledging the truth of where we are, um, but at the same time pushing onward um, yeah. to to that higher calling, using our current location to, to assess and yeah. see where we need to go next. Yeah. And you know, we, we've, we've, uh, we've mentioned Paul a few times, like, um, he's a pretty big deal. He, yeah, he wrote, he wrote some things, um, you know, for him to make that, that statement, like, follow me, like I'm following Christ. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what we're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I know where I'm going. I'll, I'll, I'll show you why I know where I'm going, but also, help you navigate the pitholes that I had to navigate in the beginning. And, and usually it's because we're following somebody else who's right. just as broken, but maybe a little bit closer to that sanctification yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? And so I, that's just kind of how this thing works. Like yeah. without it, then we are, we are absolutely living up to the critiques that the, the, the culture at large says about us. Then, right. then we're just hypocrites, brainwashed hypocrites. Um, yeah, um, I was getting my haircut today and was uh, talking with my barber about Jesus, and um, I forget how it came up, but man, that verse where Jesus says, "Like the person who hears my words but doesn't live them out," right? It's like the person looks in a mirror and doesn't know what they look like. Um, it's James, but it's his brother, so it's close enough. You're Sorry, right. no. But now that I'm thinking, I did say James to the barber because right. earlier we quoted one from earlier. But he does. He also wow. he, he uses yeah. those same words um, in the wise man who builds his house on the rock, right? No, I appreciate that. No, I totally just yeah. put it right there, though, for sure. No. So in James, it says that. And uh, <laughs> no, but 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 it just makes me think like if we're if we're telling kids like like it's okay to love the Lord our God with all of our heart that when we're broken when that part of our heart that's that's hurt. Um, if we're teaching them that, then mm. we should be modeling that. Right. Um, and so that we can say like, like, look, it, it's working. Right. right. It is working for me. You can follow me on this. And yep. that's, seems like that's how this thing works. Yeah. And so all of you who are out there, I mean, even if you're one of our students, um, even just going to, or not one of our students, one, one of the people who goes to a Christian school, mm. who's like in the ministry, who's been in the Christian culture for long enough. Um, there, there are people who are watching us, people yeah. who are looking up to us. Um, and I think that, Instead of playing the marketing game and instead of saying, look at this perfect version of the Christian life, I think something that's far more convincing is authenticity in motion toward holiness. And so may you guys learn to model that for the people who are around you, how to be real um, and in that realness, be walking closer and closer to Christ. Amen. Amen.